Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Tonight it's Ian. Pickles Mountain. I'm the Reverend Captain Kickass. Rick in Oregon, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, he's listening out on uh, KBBR where I think they start us a little early and they play like an hour from yesterday. Uh, anyway, Rick, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, it's kind of a weird situation with the radio here and all that. Um, anyway, I was calling in. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks. Uh, just wanted to say I think you got hung on the jury thing with uh, Ian uh they, they uh, convicted you based on the fact of the ignorance of cryptocurrency. I don't know what percentage of the U.S. population even understands that. Mm-hmm. I think it's really low. I don't understand much about it, but just, you know, I have an open mind about stuff. And I kind of think, uh, yeah, the ignorance got got people thinking, oh, this this can't be good. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, that could have been a factor you're referring for listeners that are maybe uh, just tuning in here. Uh, they only get us on Saturday nights. This week I was convicted by a jury of uh, my so-called peers of uh, eight counts, all eight, eight out of eight counts that I was facing in trial at the Crypto 6 trial this week. And I think you may be right to some extent, Rick. There may have been um, you know, a lot of uncertainty and confusion surrounding cryptocurrency. Plus, you can roll in the fact that uh, the Sam Bankman uh, fraud guy was all over the news. heavy that- in the news, and that has really been a real uh, albatross around the, you know, the neck of the cryptocurrency yeah. industry. That that didn't help you at all. Well, no, I also think that this jury uh, was in a hurry because mm-hmm. of Christmas. Uh, I also think that they just did not care. They bought mm-hmm. what the government was selling, hook, line, and sinker. They had to. Have. They they took about five hours of deliberation, uh, a couple hours right. after closing arguments, which was enough time for them to select a chairman and like figure out the schedule they were going to try and adhere yeah. to. And that's about it. They came in the next Apparently day. Apparently, they took a few smoke breaks, too, from what I was told. They, they came in the next right. day, got some free coffee and breakfast, decided, hey, let's get another free lunch out of this thing and hang this guy and get the F out of here mm-hmm. so we can go Christmas shopping. Yeah, I've been in trouble with law myself um, and avoided juries uh, just because I grew up in a government town. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew my background, everybody knew my history and whatever. I just thought I'd go with the judge and all their BS and get a, a settlement, you know, a plea deal. Because yeah. I knew if I went to trial, the town would hang me. Um, yeah. So knowing that and knowing, I mean... You should probably do maybe a survey on how many people are intelligible about cryptocurrency because I believe it's a very low. Yeah, it is. People. Oh, it is. Yes, so it's definitely low. Pool, your jury pool was uneducated on what they were dealing with. Yeah, it's yeah, worse than that though because, it, like the judge, like, the judge gave them specific instructions to review all of the evidence for each count. Now, if there's yeah. eight counts, it's going to take me just as an individual probably at you know more than five hours anyway to review all of the evidence presented during the trial for each count the headline here from cnbc.com is only about 30 percent of millennials are comfortable investing in crypto and that's down from around 50 percent in 2021 Mm. so So a huge drop i i kind of don't like the whole like generational titles Right? Sure. Because oh, I find to me, them quite useful. Well, to me, it's just another way to sow division, you know, it another does. way for, for people to well, hate each other. you know, I think the boomers have it coming at this point. 
honestly, they screwed us, man. They screwed your generation. They screwed my generation. I don't know if my we parents will screwed never... me. Okay, They're boomers. I'm, look, look I'm, I'm not saying your individual parents screwed mm. you. I'm not saying everyone in that generation is a bad person. I'm okay. saying that generation was so mind-bendingly irresponsible that we have no chance of ever, like, Owning a house, for example. Like, the American dream is gone because of what they have done with their money. Uh, because I mean, what they have done with their votes. Because they have how they have run the country were and they that much the worse world. than whoever? What was the generation before the, the boomers? Uh, that would be the so-called greatest generation. Were they, were they, were they any uh, worse than the greatest generation? I mean, yes. wasn't the greatest generation in, yes. involved in uh, the huge welfare program from FDR? Mongering, right? The whole nine yards. Well... Th- they did manage to bring in some terrible programs, I'll grant mm-hmm. you that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it, nothing compared to what they've done now. Because I think if you the look boomers just are like, conceived as worse because there was more of them. Right. Okay. So, so, so that's one of the big issues there. You had this massive bulge in voting power. So they got everything they ever wanted. And that's a really weird thing to have one voting block that gets everything ever. And that's what they had. And they are still in charge. Yeah, still they are still in things. charge. Uh, that that's part of like why we are currently at risk of nuclear annihilation, mm-hmm. which no one seems to want to talk about. The fact that we're still teetering on the brink of annihilation. Cryptocurrency's popularity with American investors is on the decline. In 2022, only about 21 percent of Americans. Feel comfortable investing in cryptocurrency. That's down from 35%. Yeah, because they're afraid the feds are going to bash in their door with tanks and military people. Yeah, yeah legitimate concern. That, that seems to be uh, the only thing uh, majorly driving the, the skepticism of cryptocurrency. Yeah, no, I, I, after, uh, after well, your and conviction. The like, Sam Bankman thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I'm saying like that, that, and that, and like all, and the library, library thing, getting like, sued and, and losing uh, by the SEC. And uh, did, did have you heard where XRP is? No, or, uh, I have not sorry, heard any not updates. XRP, Ripple, the the corporation that's associated with them. I know they're still in the lawsuit. Last I heard, but okay. I don't know what the, the case status is. But yeah, so I mean, it doesn't look uh, good. That's for sure. I mean, if it's going to be anything like the library case, it's not going to be good yeah. at all. Yeah, people are hearing about these lawsuits left and right, and they're like, "Well, I'm not touching this until it's legal, until it settles down." Yeah. Well, and and this is why I, I have said since the beginning we will never see regulatory clarity. The second well, there is like a clear set of rules, mm-hmm. there are so many people who want to dive into this space but will not do it until there's a clear set of rules. Well, mm-hmm. the the problem is, of course, uh, the United States government and other governments are attempting to shoehorn new technology into existing legislation, right? And rather it, than pass new legislation, it's going poorly. Right. You know, it would be like trying to uh, regulate email using whatever legislation there is for regular letters. Well, like it's going poorly for, letters. for us little guys. It's going great for the government who is just locking people up left and right yeah. and destroying businesses and like lives. the Library Corporation. So Library, for listeners that don't know, we just told you about Odyssey. It's a video streaming platform. That was originally a part of library. They spun it off into its own corporation just in time, by the way. Uh, So Odyssey is sort of separate now from library. But what library is is a media sharing protocol that allows you to share not just videos but audio, PDF, other things. You can share through this protocol. It's blockchain-based 
It is sort of like a torrent-based thing as well, without getting too deep into the weeds of how it works. It works very well, and it's been around for more than half a decade now, I think, at this point. And then a couple of years ago, the SEC decided to file a lawsuit against Library, accusing it of offering a quote-unquote unlicensed or unregistered security in the form of the token that kind of is the, the, the guts of the system. It's what makes the system go. And now they're going to not only bankrupt Library, the corporation, the company, but they're going to pos- – they want more than just bankrupting them. Right. They want them to pay like 200% of their value or something like Doesn't that. Doesn't that type of uh, ruling make things like uh, Chuck E. Cheese token securities? Yes. Yes, actually. That's the kind of scary you know, thing that could that, come out of this. The, 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 what they've done with this is is actually mind-blowing because like anything that is expected to raise in value mm-hmm. is a security. As long as so you say like it is. everything. It, it, I think if you were to be able to release the Chuck E. Cheese token without actually suggesting at any point from the Chuck E. Cheese Corporation or anybody connected tangentially to the Chuck E. Cheese Corporation that, hey, you might want to get a few of these because it could go up in value someday. If you were to say that, then they would go ahead and bring that lawsuit and they would absolutely win it because that's essentially what happened here was apparently somebody posted in a library Reddit that might have been related to somebody who was within library or whatever, yeah. and they they speculated that this could go up in value. Oh, well, now it's a security. Yeah, so heaven help you if Chuck E. Cheese says, we are going to be getting new systems in. There will be more games, which means this mm-hmm. credit will be more valuable. Yep, that's it. Oh, Done. sorry. You're SEC. out of business. Gary Ginsler's going to be up your bottom about this now. Yeah. And uh, Oh, except that's never going to happen because it's just selectively used to target what they don't like. That's right. Oh, the cryptocurrency you're using industry. this for free speech. Oh, no. No. Give me twice what you're worth. That's a, as, From what I understand, that's somewhere where the so-called negotiations are, the gun-to-your-head negotiations that they're doing here for the so-called settlement in this case where – both library and the SEC have to come up to some kind of quote-unquote agreement or the judge will step in and make the decision for them. So that's where I believe they're currently at. It looks really bad uh, right now. The good news, if there is any good news in this situation, is that library is a protocol. That means it's not a platform. That means it is just simply code that anyone can operate that can continue running and hopefully will, in the absence of the library corporation. So when and if library goes down in flames, thanks to the SEC and the federal court system, the library concept, the library program, the blockchain, all of those things will continue moving forward. And maybe we'll see something like a decentralized autonomous organization spring up to replace the corporation. I don't know if there's been any public discussion about anything like that. Let's go to Tom. He's in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live, Tom. I just wanted to remind everybody, you know, as you're sitting down tonight, maybe enjoying a cup of coffee or maybe a hot chocolate or eggnog, whatever you do, don't stir it. You know, if you want sugar and cream with your coffee, put that in first like they do at the donut shop and then fill the cup. Don't stir your drinks tonight. Why? Because Santa Claus won't come. It was the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring. Yeah. Not even a mouse. Thanks, oh, Tom. my God. Which, last I knew, are expert spoon operators. <laughs> I think it was a Tom and Jerry cartoon where, where they had, like, the mouse, and he's he, he's like, hey, I'm a mouse, and I'm stirring, and he was actually stirring, like, a cauldron or something. So people uh, in the world of crypto, it's 
It's looking pretty dire right now. I asked the question before we went away there, is crypto over? You've got now 21% of Americans that feel comfortable investing in crypto, down from 35% last year. That's a significant drop. I think America is worthless. Give it all to me. This this is actually a statement about the the status of, quote, Americans, unquote. And these are people who uh, supposedly believe in the, quote, American way of life, unquote, which supposedly is about freedom. And so yeah, right. uh, the um, quote unquote Americans obviously don't support freedom because cryptocurrency is the freest of all currencies that you could possibly mm-hmm. use. It is separated from state uh, in every way that it possibly can be. Uh, using cryptocurrency uh, puts your transactions outside of the purview of statists who continuously bomb people. And have since I've been alive, since well before I've been alive. Uh, in the words of Mark Edge, it is one of the only, if not the only, way that you can currently wage peace in this world. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're going to see crypto adoption be the exact opposite of where the money is now. Like right now, the entrenched financial interests, uh, they're, they're benefiting uh, from what's called a cantillion effect. So all of the money gets in their pocket first, then they get to spend it, and then there's a bunch of new money, so prices go up. But they've already spent it mm. before the prices went so up. So they got the better deal. Right. So that's, that's how the entire scam is set. So... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So there's individuals within the U.S. that that applies to, and it applies from country to country. Mm-hmm. So who's going to benefit the most? Africa, the poorest countries. Yep. They're going to leapfrog straight through the entire financial system as it was set up over the last hundred plus years. They're going to just jump straight over that in the same way that they're jumping straight over the telegraph wires. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, like in Africa right now, uh, they have solar-powered cell phone towers. Well, actually, the thing is uh, about Africa, one of the interesting things that was being talked about years ago with crypto was the fact that they have so much cell phone penetration in Africa. Mm-hmm. It's been a thing for the last you know, couple decades. Yep. And uh, cell phones are cheap. The yep. services are cheap. The, the Essentially, the market's unrestricted. So the, the competition has been hot in a lot of these African countries for cell phone service. So this has been going on a long time. And interestingly, the African people, because they've had these phones, have been trading phone minutes yeah, yeah. as an electronic currency since a long time yeah. ago. So these guys are primed. For cryptocurrency, oh, yeah. they know what it's like to trade electronic currency or something that essentially is a stand-in for an electronic currency. They were buying things with phone minutes right. way back in the day, and I want to say that I mean like early days of crypto. Yeah, they were doing they were doing both cell phone minutes and those long distance cards. Mm-hmm. Right, you go to the Seven Eleven or whatever and get a a card that's yeah. good for you know five hours or whatever, hundred minutes or whatever. You could buy a card. Right. They were also trading those. The foundation of Americans' power at this point in history, since we've been failing militarily left and right, is its money system. So it's going to jealously guard its power over money. In case anyone is really curious about the uh, Hunter Biden laptop, uh, there's a massive like 700-page report from a place called Marco Polo. 
And uh, if anyone really wants to dig into it, it's on uh, BidenLaptopReport.MarcoPoloUSA.org. Uh, and what are they doing? They're just looking at what's on the laptop? What is on and... that friggin' laptop? Mm-hmm. Because we, we've spent plenty of time talking about <clears throat> how the FBI suppressed whether this was true or not. They how did. this was like a, oh, no, it's Russia. Russia has <laughs> definitely, like, planted this thing. Nope. That was so, a lie. I haven't had the time to look through it myself, but if anyone out there is curious, I just want to throw that link out there. Interesting. Because I'm sure there are some interesting things in there. All right. uh, Plug the link one more time. It is uh, BidenLaptopReport.MarcoPoloUSA.org. All right. Check that out. BidenLaptopReport.MarcoPoloUSA.org. Yep. All right. All right. So we're going to continue here. Uh, There's some more highlights from this study that they did looking at Americans and whether or not they're interested in investing in cryptocurrency. Numbers are down a lot from 35 percent in 2021 down to 21 percent of Americans that are what they say comfortable investing in cryptocurrency. I mean, that is I would imagine that most Americans aren't comfortable investing, period. Right. That could be that could be true, but regardless, it's still down, and that's an important thing here. They uh, say here the decline is unsurprising, considering nearly two trillion dollars in value has been wiped off the crypto market since November of 2021. James Royal, the principal reporter at Bankrate, tells CNBC, quote, traders of any asset are fair weather fans. And with major cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin and Ethereum down more than 70 percent from their all time highs, it's little wonder the shine has come off these coins. Are are they talking about uh, investing as in these mm, investment vehicles that have been manufactured by the banks with things like wrapped Bitcoin and and that kind of a thing? Or are they talking about. Americans are afraid to just go ahead and buy some. That's what it sounds as like, an investment yeah. because it sounds to me more like they're talking about they're afraid to go through the banks and get their Bitcoin quote unquote investment. No, products. that's not what I'm hearing here. Okay, no, they're talking about Bitcoin and Ethereum. Okay, yeah, I think this has a lot to do with just uh, where asset prices are anyway. Mm-hmm. So like. Uh, right now, there's this quantitative tightening. You know, they're they're bringing the rates up. They're bringing the rates up. They're bringing the rates up. They're uh, not buying their own treasuries. So there's just less money that is being thrown into the into the world. There's fewer U.S. dollars and fewer U.S. dollars because taxes aren't going anywhere. But they they mm-hmm. turned the money printers off. So all of the asset prices have been plummeting. And historically, what happens when you turn that around is when there is a sudden dip in asset prices, in uh, land, in stocks, in all of that. And basically, Bitcoin has been treated as if it is a super risky tech stock. Saheed calling us from Maryland. Saheed, you're on Free Talk Live. So I, I just had a quick question about uh, interest. I was curious what you guys thought about it, and, uh, you know, and like Ankabistan, how you kind of like deal with interest. Um, because uh, in Islam, you know, uh, interest is kind of like um, forbidden. It is forbidden, uh, yes. For that's right. Yeah, for certain reasons, it's kind of like what we see in society today. So I was just curious what you guys, uh, what you guys thought about that. Well, uh, me personally, I think that, you know, if you're talking about Ankapistan or, you know, the, the society without a state, that everything just boils down to what you're comfortable with contracting. Right. So if you want to make an agreement with another person or an organization uh, and, you know, uh, interest is against your religion or something, well, then you're not going to sign anything that has interest that has a as a component of your agreements. And that's totally sure. fine. Yeah, I think. The yeah, most- uh, but uh, let me just throw something in here just real quick, because yes. I can get to uh, a little bit. Uh, but, you know, for example, when it comes to like, 
Well, I can technically go ahead and sign up a contract to, to be a slave or something like that. Uh, but nobody really considers that, like, legally binding, you know? So I'm just going uh, to sort of that kind of, like, uh, thought process when it comes to this. Yeah, uh, so uh, so signing a contract to be a slave is basically like trying to sell your car while you're driving it. It doesn't work. Now, you can have a contract for indentured servitude, mm-hmm. for I will serve you for this much time, and then it's over. Now, that 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 is a reasonable thing to have in a free society. Now, the, honestly, the biggest difference is that since there will be a market on these things, you will actually find out what they are. So, like... You use money, but no one tells you about fractional reserve. No one tells you how it actually works. Mm-hmm. Uh, you use the banking system, but there's a very specific way. There is only one way that you can bank in the United States, and they don't tell you what it is. Whereas with a free market, if you want a, uh, a halal bank, that's great. There will be people to serve you a halal bank right. that does not loan any money at any interest. They go, no, no usury at all here. So collateral's okay. You can't default on the loan. And then what if, is it possible, since we were talking about indentured servitude, can you sign a loan uh, and be issued the, the funds for the loan, but back it with indentured servitude if you cannot pay it back? Is that a possibility under Islam? Uh, I am not 100% sure, but I do know that the only thing that person, uh, technically the only thing that person owed when they made that loan and they, that person put the collateral of their indentured servitude on them, that person still just owed the value of what their principal was. Uh, so if they somehow were able to come up with it, or maybe somebody else goes ahead and loans it, I mean, gives it to them so they can go ahead and pay that person back, then that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Uh, but obviously, well, right, right. So you could then off. indenture yourself in theory. I don't know if indentured servitude is okay under Islam, but if it is, then you could indenture yourself to somebody else who then pays your loan off to the bank, and then they own you for a couple yeah, of years. A strong there. It's more like just like, you know, working off your debt uh, for the most part. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, you know, you're never uh, forced to do anything that somebody else says. Uh, uh, at least that's my, own, uh, uh, you know, because you do own your body and your, you know, your mind and whatnot. No matter what you write down on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. um, but you do owe that person uh, that money. You can't really like run away. That would be theft. Um, Certainly. So uh, you do have to uh, go ahead and uh, pay that back. But that's actually an interesting point there when it comes to interest, because that principal payment is what they went ahead and gave you. Um, but on top of that, they believe that they're owed something on top because you, you know, you wrote, you wrote, you gave your word that you're going to go ahead and pay something on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, people do take that word very seriously when it comes to uh, loans, but uh, you know, in other cases like uh, online forms or pretty much so many things that we go ahead and sign our name to that we really don't care, we really don't have any plan of uh, following through with it, you know. Um, but there's this idea of like, what's le- what, what can, what, are, what does the, um, the other party, what are they able to go ahead and do in response to that, you know? Um, and so that's kind of like uh, the, the direction I was trying to take that question, because I do think it's interesting in Ankabistan how that works. Because, uh, for example, yeah, uh, I can, you know, there's a lot of different uh, contracts I can sign, but uh, how, what's the response going to be on top of that, you know? Yeah, I don't if know. I don't pay that. I, I think it'd be interesting. Uh, I'd love to find out. Yeah, it would be great to be able to see what the market was offering for loans without having some Federal Reserve or banking cartel making all the decisions from the top. Yeah, one of the things that uh, I would look forward to in a in a free market banking system. So uh, the way that uh, that loans get made now for uh, cars and houses, you are putting the car that you don't own as collateral on a loan. Now, to me, that mm. is insane. <laughs> I would never bank with anyone doing that. Right. You put the house that is not your property as collateral for a loan in order to buy the house. Now, to me, that is just straight fraud. 
Captain, you had this story to share coming out of New Zealand regarding conspiracy theorists being the latest target of the New Zealand government. We've heard something similar to this uh, in the U.S. where, uh, you know, news, the government are trying to get people to consider folks with uh, opposing government viewpoints to be considered terrorists. Domestic, domestic terrorists, terrorists. Right, yeah. even though they haven't actually bombed anyone or shot anyone <laughs> yeah. or even threatened. We're literally the biggest voice to stop bombing people, stop shooting people, stop putting innocent people in cages. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I read this and I thought uh, this is a preview of what's to come. Sadly, to the U.S. Yeah, I I feel the same about China with their mm-hmm. their social app. credits yeah, systems, the the green and the red on the, sure. on the app that allows them or di- disallows them to travel. You know, oh no, we're locking down. No, you can't go anywhere. Like, yeah, come on. Well, the glorious People's Republic of New Zealand requires your <laughs> compliance. This is from a site called uh, NewsPunch.com. It says where mainstream fears to tread. I, don't, I assume they're a lady site. I don't know much <laughs> about them, but. Probably. Uh, New Zealand demands citizens report conspiracy theorists who oppose government policies as terrorists. The authoritarian left-wing New Zealand government has ordered citizens, ordered citizens, to report their friends and family to the police if they suspect them of opposing government policies, including COVID measures. According to literature released by Jacinda Ardern's WEF Infiltrated Government New Zealand citizens who are suspected of being conspiracy theorists, quote unquote, will be investigated as terrorists. <laughs> wow. This government overreach coming to a government near you. Yeah, they're just coming right out and saying it. That's amazing. Rebecca amazing. Kitteridge, director of the New Zealand Security Intelligence Service, explained that there are dozens of indicators that suggest a family member or friend has been radicalized by conspiracy theories and could be planning a terror attack. Well, I mean, do we really need more than one political view ever? <laughs> That's what it's come down to, right? Like, if you're outside of the, uh, Actually, the government's I, official view... I maintain we need zero. I mean, should we really be talking about things instead of just shooting each other? You know, like civilized people. The article goes on, anyone who opposes government policies that are interpreted as infringing on rights or COVID measures the government took. <laughs> Hold on. Any, any policy that is, quote unquote, interpreted as infringing on rights, meaning that whatever they do. Anyone who opposes, yeah. quote, government policies that are interpreted as infringing on rights, unquote. Well, That's right, one. Right. So anyone that thinks we're in, that government is infringing upon their rights is a conspiracy theorist and a Therefore terrorist. Therefore a terrorist. Or, or report them. Yeah, or yeah. if anyone who opposes COVID measures the government took, quote unquote, must be reported and investigated wow. as terrorists, according to Look, Kitteridge. We know they're your family members and you care about them, but we need to make sure they get corrected before they turn into a violent terrorist you wouldn't want your son or your daughter or your brother to end up in a terrorist camp here they have to cook up a bunch of bitcoin related quote-unquote crimes and raid your house based on those because they can't they haven't gotten to the point of actually being able to call having a different opinion terrorism in the united states yet but how far away are they oh not very Bitcoin. we don't know what it is we don't know what it does but you're not allowed to do it if you have bitcoin you must be a terrorist yeah 
I mean, coming soon, right? Well, yeah, they'll you just know? say, look, it's it's pretty clear that Bitcoin was intended to undermine the the U.S. financial system, and that's an act of terrorism. Well, you're allowed to have your own opinions as long as they're not about what the government's doing. It's very simple. Uh, the article continues, under Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern's leadership, New Zealand has emerged as the vanguard of World Economic Forum's left-wing authoritarian agenda. Citizens have had their rights stripped from them in a systematic and ruthless fashion, and now they are being told that questioning government authoritarianism is a form of terrorism. There is simply no room in New Zealand for public debate. Anyone with a different point of view to Arden's WEF-infiltrated government is considered an enemy. Okay, Uh, so they're going to redefine the word terrorism next. Remember how in uh, COVID times they were redefining words in like Merriam-Webster's dictionary, Mm -hmm. like vaccine, I believe, was uh, was redefined in that time. Yes, it was. So now they can redefine terrorism to say anything the government doesn't like. That's now that's the new terrorism because the well, old terrorism was forming an opinion about government. The, well, it's no, no, no. It's it's the contrary opinion. You can have the opinion that government is good and that government is no, helpful. Not New Zealand, you're not allowed to have that opinion. Why not? Well, because you might be against what they're doing. No, no. If you're in favor you might of what think they're doing, that they need to help people. No, you know, you believe they're helping people. This is clearly helping people. They're taking people and they're reeducating them about you know what the truth is, and it's whatever they say it is. But the old definition of terrorism is, if you were to go look it up, I presume it's still there, that uh, it is the use of violence or the threat of violence to achieve a political uh, or social goal. If they're questioning either the government's version of what exists or the government's response to it, like either of those means yeah. that you need to dub your, uh, your friends, families. Right. If they say something like, oh, the government shouldn't do yeah. that because that infringes on our rights. Yeah. They're saying that you should turn them in. For being a terrorist. Yeah. That's what they're saying. That's it's they're insane. Saying. And the uh, Jacinda Ardern, who's their prime minister or whatever over there, this horrifying, uh, ugly woman that looks like a skeleton, uh, she, she... she Well, here, let me, let me pick up where yeah. the article left off. Ardern signaled the government's shift into fascist mode in July, telling citizens that the government is, quote, your single source of truth, and unless you hear it from us... It is not true. <laughs> that's true. She said wow. that's exactly what she said. And there's audio of this. Truly mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, according to far left Ardern, citizens must. That's is that, is that like a crossing the Rubicon kind of moment? I mean, that's yes. like insane. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's if it, it did not come from us, it is not true. <laughs> Before we went to the break, you guys were like, "We are," or "I am the science." Well, she's saying we are the truth. I yes. thought I was kind of exaggerating. Oh, nope. That nope. really happened. You were uh, hitting the nail on the head, whether you knew wow. it or not. That was six months ago that she said that Uh, according to far left ardor and citizens must dismiss anything else they hear unless it was issued by the government scary times in new zealand but are you surprised we're talking about a far left authoritarian state led by young global leader jacinda ardern where citizens are being told to put their total trust in government and people who dare think for themselves and seek alternative sources of information are smeared as conspiracy theorists and investigated as terrorists. And just to fill in anyone that needs it, Young Global Leader refers to the World Economic Forum trading training program. Yeah, right. she's part it of that. It has had yeah, an the, the extraordinary is. reach. Has included, oh, you know, the leader of uh, Canada, Elon Musk, Putin. I mean, just an unbelievable list of people have been trained by the World Economic Forum in their Young Global Leader program. So, Captain, does this story at all talk about what happens to people after they get turned in? Nope. 
Because that's one of the scariest parts, right? Like, well, where do they get disappeared to? We know they're to? all going to be put in one place. <laughs> right. we know could be that, in the ground. Uh... Could be a death camp. There has got to be something we can do to stop it. And I don't think we're talking... I'm not talking about violence. I don't think violence is the answer. We agree. That's what they use. That's their tool in their tool. That's the only tool, tool they have right. and the only thing they use to get things done. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, they put an unbelievable amount of resources into brainwashing everyone. Mm-hmm. The reason they do that is because it matters what you think. It matters what you know. It matters what you believe. They have to get you to buy into this. If the New Zealand people aren't turning in their neighbors, then this program doesn't work, right? If the New Zealand people don't turn in their friends and their family members, then this they're not going to get anywhere with this. So if people don't buy into this propaganda, it stops right there. And the same thing was true with COVID. If people didn't obey the mask mandate, well, then all of a sudden they undid the mandate in certain places yeah. where well, it just didn't happen. And let's not forget, they did have the, uh, the snitch hotlines sure. uh, in some states. Here in the U.S. as well as outside of the U.S. where, you know, if somebody wasn't masking properly or following the, the, the lockdown protocols, you could call and snitch on them. Yeah. Make no mistake. The authoritarian hellscape will either be brought in under thunderous applause or not at all. Yeah. Uh, I was just watching. You talked about the Chinese social credit program. There was a I don't know if it was the U.S. or it was some English publication that had a video about it. And they were talking with one lady in China whose job it is under her credit score or whatever. She has to snitch on her neighbors and she actually has a quota. She has to deliver information about her neighbors to the Chinese central authorities. And she is rewarded in some way for this. Mitzi in Texas, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, Gabley. Hey, Mom. <laughs> nice. We just wanted to wish you Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Oh, Aww. and I, I got your uh, your presents just in time. Oh, yay. <laughs> That's sweet. I'm, I'm sad you're not wearing it tonight, though, I got to say. All right, what is it? Now you got to tell us. Did you open it yet? I haven't opened it yet. Oh, okay. All right. I don't open my Christmas gifts until Christmas. (laughs) That's how I roll. All right. Well, you know you can wear it. (laughs) I know, right? At the very least. You know that much. Spoilers. It is perfect for New Hampshire in the winter. Oh, I believe it. And we need it because it's like 11 degrees out here now. Yeah, it's cold. Well, I mean, it can't be that uh, warm in Texas yet, right? Isn't it like cold everywhere in the South right now? 11 degrees. Right now in Texas. Not this second, but yesterday morning it was. Wow. Because it was like 11 degrees on my way over here today. Yeah, it's 13 right now, yeah. apparently. So. Thank you guys uh, for the, the kind wishes and uh, appreciate it. Was there anything else you wanted to share tonight? No, that was it. Appreciate the job you guys do. Yep. All right. Happy holidays. Thank you so much. Really appreciate Merry that. Merry Christmas. Love you guys. In Havana right now, it is very difficult to get basic food items. Now, of course, you know, in Cuba... It's kind of like a communist country, right? Like, yeah, there's been so some, I've been told. There's been some changes over well, but recent. Sarah keeps telling me that communism works. She it's does. Good. Now it's not total communism because they have had some changes in the last couple of decades. Ever since the Castro brothers have been gone well, from total communism, doesn't last very long. Yeah, uh, Belkis Fajardo. This is the AP reporting. Belkis Fajardo, age sixty nine, walks through the dense street of downtown Havana with a small bag of lettuce and onions in hand wait i'm sorry i I don't mean to stop you but i I just had a thought it occurs to me that communism could very well be sold to the united states as a weight loss program 
<laughs> Have you considered the Venezuela diet? Good no, point. I mean just like you've you know, heard of the Mediterranean diet. There's somebody Maybe just don't somebody, have enough food to eat. <laughs> I'm a fat dude, so I'm included here. But like mm-hmm. you know, there's there's so many obese uh, people in the United States today. Right, and that they call yes, it an epidemic are. and all that kind of thing, and so it occurs to me that somebody could run on the platform of we will introduce communism as a weight loss program for America. It would be successful for a very low fee. We will take all of your money, and you will have nothing to buy food with. Right. She wonders how she'll feed her family over the holidays. This is a lady named Belkis. Scarcity and economic turmoil are nothing new to Cuba, but Miss Fahar. Mm. Fajardo is among many Cubans to note that this year is different thanks to soaring inflation. Guess they're having that problem, too. Oh, weird. And deepening shortages. She says, we'll see what we can scrape together to cook for the end of the year. Everything's really expensive, so you buy things little by little as you can. And if you can't, you don't eat, she said. Basic goods such as chicken, beef, eggs, milk, flour, and toilet paper are difficult and often impossible to find in state-run stores. Mm. When they do appear, they often come at hefty prices, either from informal shops, resellers, or in expensive stores, only accessible to those with foreign currency. It's far out of the range of the average Cuban state salary, approximately 5,000 pesos a month, or about $29 U.S., on the island's more widely used informal exchange rate. So this is sounding a lot like the Venezuelan stories we were talking about over the last several years, yep. where there's the official exchange rate, and then there's the what they're calling the informal exchange rate. That's the black market, right. where people you find out what the peso is actually valued at when you're not trading through the official channels, through the banks or whoever. Uh, nearby, a pound of pork leg was selling for 450 pesos, around $2.60. So just think about that for a moment. You're earning 5,000 pesos a month, and one pound of pork leg is a, a full tenth of your monthly salary. Wow. Okay. Uh, not everyone can buy things, she says. Not everyone has a family who sends remittances, which, of course, is wire transfers and like Western unions from abroad. She says, with the money my daughter earns and my pension, we're trying to buy what we can, but it's extremely hard. In October, says the AP, the Cuban government reported that inflation had risen 40% over the past year and had a significant impact on the purchasing power for many on the island. Now, remember, they they say that hyperinflation is 50% or higher. Yep. And, of course, we also know that governments lie about their inflation numbers. So if the Cuban government is admitting to 40% inflation... What is it really? Mm-hmm. Exactly. While Fajardo managed to buy vegetables, rice, and beans, she still has no meat for Christmas or New Year's. The shortages are among a number of factors stoking a broader discontent on the island, which gave rise to protests in recent years, as well as an emerging migratory flight from Cuba. On Friday, U.S. authorities reported stopping Cubans 34,600-plus times along the Mexican border in the month of November, which was up 21% from the 28,800 times in October. So this is the AP reporting here that uh, on uh, Friday, a long line of Cubans waited outside an empty state-run butchery waiting for a coveted item, a leg of pork, to feed their families. Okay, if it was empty, why would they wait? On New Year's Eve, they're hoping. About they a, didn't know it was empty would be my guess. About okay. a dozen people, the Associated Press asked for an interview, said they were scared to speak, including one who said, quote, 
it could have consequences for us. Estrella. I want to talk about the government. Not in Cuba. Right. Uh, Estrella 67 has shown up to the state butcher every morning for more than two weeks, waiting her turn to buy pork to share with her children, grandchildren, and siblings. So far, she's come up dry. Two weeks. Just, I mean, at that point, I'd be like, there's got to be a better way to do this. I would figure out another well, method. It, it's almost like being able to charge what you want to charge for a good or service sort of incentivizes people to find a way to get it done. Well, and it turns out, and to be to be clear, the AP does say that pork is available from private butchers. Right. Huh. Wouldn't you know? Hmm. Yeah. So the private butchers have the pork, but the state-run ones don't. Now, of course, you have to pay more at the private butchers, but it's available. Right. Uh, where state uh, state run facilities are subsidizing the pork prices. So what happens when you force prices to be lower than what the market would otherwise bear? It all gets sold out. Well, and, and this also speaks to uh, government brainwashing, right? Uh, it doesn't happen just here in the United States. It happens in all governments. Uh, that's what they do. They brainwash you from the time you're born until period until you die. Uh, the brainwashing is a forever thing that governments do. And so these people have this mommy-daddy syndrome mm-hmm. attached to the government. And, oh, the, they believe, right? This lady strikes me as the type of person who believes that the government will provide for her. Yeah. Just if she right. keeps coming every single day for months, she might get a pork leg. Yeah. Instead eventually. of figuring out a different way. Right. I mean, obviously her time isn't worth much, right? Because, mm. okay, Whatever Almost the price like it's is. it's hard to earn extra money in this communist state. That's a good point as well, uh, where a lot of the jobs are state jobs, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that's that's another good point. But otherwise, if, you're, if your time was worth even a little bit, and you've spent two weeks every single morning waiting in a fruitless line to get some pork... Well, what in America the, they don't even have lines for free pork. What, what, <laughs> what does the private pork... At the private store cost, because couldn't you make a little bit of money in two weeks worth of work that you could then just go to the private store and get the pork that you need? Right. The time you spent waiting in line, right. you could have spent uh, doing something to earn your way into the pork that you're missing out on. How much more expensive could it possibly be? So, honest question, has the world learned anything from the fall of the USSR? Like Apparently anything not. at all. I mean, the Russian the people might that have. We almost murdered everyone on the planet with nuclear weapons, and then everyone starved to death, and then there was a country that wasn't a uh, country anymore. Near as I can tell, the only thing that the world learned from uh, the fall of the USSR is that it's okay for denim jeans to be sold everywhere. Oh, well, there's that. <laughs> By the way, I looked up. Uh, <laughs> Thank I was, you. Thank uh, you, Captain. Little little ray of sunshine just, there. You know, Levi's. One, one of the, my silver lining. One of the details they left out of this story that I, made me curious, because they did give us what they said was the state salary in Cuba. The average state salary is approximately 5,000 pesos per month. And then they said that that's worth $29 at the, quote, islands more widely used informal exchange rate. That's the black market. So it made me wonder, what's the official exchange rate? Yeah. What is it, What would 5,000 pesos get you on the official exchange rate if you could go and exchange it? And remember, in places like this, I'm just going to presume that Cuba's the same way as mm. 
uh, Venezuela was, because that's just how these systems work. You can't take the peso into the bank and get dollars for it. Right. It doesn't work that way. No. They will let you take dollars into the bank and get pesos for it. You can do that. So if you were to take, according to XE.com, which has a bunch of numbers and types of dollars and stuff that you can convert. uh, If you took 200 and let's round up $210 into a Cuban bank and said, give me pesos, please. They would give you 5,000 pesos, whereas so, on the black market, it would only be $29 to get 5,000 pesos. Wow. So it's almost a 10-factor wow. of difference between the black market and the official exchange wow. right there. That's amazing. Yeah. So so these people are living on, was that a monthly salary? They're living on 30 bucks a month in the black market prices. Jesus. Yeah. And they can't even buy food because the inflation is going crazy there it's it's hyperinflation it's basically hyperinflation levels if you don't believe the government 40 yeah. percent price or the 40 percent uh, numbers greg is in new york you're on free talk live hello greg ah pity the fool okay yes. hey, <laughs> hey greg. appreciate it you know uh just really quickly i just wanted to say about the last topic i find it interesting that um, it's similar to the people who are waiting for the va Mm. Uh, Veterans Affairs uh, mm-hmm. government-run hospital, and there have been people who died waiting for a surgery. Yep. And so, but my question is this: um, they died waiting for a surgery when private hospitals were willing to uh, charge payment and treat them. So mm-hmm. these people probably can't afford, you know, the private market prices in the first place. Sure. So what are they to do? You know what I mean? Black market pig growing, that would be my solution. Well, they could uh, overthrow the government somehow. I mean, <laughs> that's the source of all their I problems. Mean, the, <laughs> the thing about human beings is that when it's necessary, they innovate, right? Human motivation, uh, you know, they, what's the, the adage I'm thinking of, the old saying, uh, uh, necessity is, is the, the mother, mother of, of invention. invention. Right. But that's only if you're free to innovate. You know, well, as long as right. there's not some government goon going to come by and stick a gun to your head but, and but stop you from so, doing even so, even even under the duress of tyrannical governments, human beings have found ways. Sure. Well, I mean, they're talking about some of the meats available in uh, black markets or private markets. Yeah. So they, they I mean, are if we out look there. at uh, just the United States, we look at uh, the uh, the Prohibition era, right? Uh, and the the guys who ran booze, right? The booze runners, right? They found a way. Right, they built stills up in the mountains. Sure, right they, at high risk. Well, at very high risk, yeah. of course. But they found a way. Right. Yeah, that's true. Great. Uh, I, yeah, I believe in like communities taking care of their own, but voluntarily. So, like, Me too. that's why I'm trying to build it into you know the intercoin system and others, basically having on a local level because we can't get the federal government to uh, to change, but we can get our local communities to you know help the poor and maybe pay for their surgery or pay for their meat. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, you know, there has to be a way to, for people to do that. I wanted to just call in um, about the uh, the verdict, you know. Uh, I've been reading about it uh, in the Keen Sentinel mm. and everything like that. I found one thing to be really strange, uh, you know, that the whole thing sort of seems to be around anonymity and like, you know, hey, these people showed up with cash and they want Bitcoin. And the Keen uh, Sentinel was saying, like, oh, but these people could have been scammers who took money from, you know, ladies on dating sites or whatever. And I, what I find strange is how did they end up with cash 
at the end of the day. Like, cash is already anonymous. Right. I can already Good go question. and use cash. So I don't even understand, like, cash is already anonymous. Changing it for Bitcoin is also anonymous. And to me, that is a big issue because in society, it seems that the government is almost like against uh, privacy because, you know. Of course they are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, during the trial, the prosecution made it very clear to the jury that anyone that has cash is a suspect, that anyone that has cash, you should always want to know why. You should always ask them questions about what are they doing? How did you get all that cash? You know, if I have a used car to sell and I put an ad on Craigslist and, you know, Bob Smith shows up and has, you know, the right amount of money and I go, sure, here you go. Oh, oh, you can't do that, Captain. That's money laundering. laundering. that's a conspiracy to money launder right there, Captain. Even though you didn't agree or hear anything about an illegal source of those funds, you're going to need to start asking your car buyers where they got their money from. Where did every single I'm, dollar come I'm from? I'm going to need to see the receipt, sir. Padreg is on the line in New Mexico. Padreg, you're on Free Talk Live. Okay, I'm going to make this real quick. You're talking yes. about Cuba, that Cuba, the country. Mm-hmm. And I live in Cuba, New Mexico. Cuba, the country, is communist. Cuba, New Mexico is socialist. If it were for government handouts, Cuba, New Mexico would be a ghost town. Huh. That's okay. the first point. Second point is I heard a story in World War One where they were engaged in trench warfare, where they were just uh, buried down and bogged down, and they had no man's land there. And Christmas Day came, and the, both the German soldiers and the, the European soldiers called a ceasefire. And yeah, Ag- against their uh, against all of their commanding officers. Mm. Every commanding right. officer right. said, "No, this is still a war. You still have to kill that guy." But they right. they they but all they, they all defied orders and said, "No, yes, this is true. Christmas." Wouldn't it be nice if people right. around the the globe would do that? Be like, "No, I'm I'm not going to bomb people for you anymore." Here's another point: Vladimir, uh, uh, Putin. And Vladimir Zelensky both have cell phones because I'm talking to you on a cell phone now. Mm-hmm. How come they just can't? It's it's uh, daylight on the other side of the world. Why can't they just call just a day of ceasefire, just a just a relax and enjoy Christmas? Yeah, because be they're nice. warmongering tyrants. Well, and why couldn't the, the German soldiers and the European soldiers back then just call it off entirely? I mean, if they could do it for one day, why couldn't they just all go home the next day? Like, oh, you know what? Why are we doing this? This is crazy. We're all humans here. Let's go home to our families. And then just leave the, leave the, uh, the commanders on the battlefield to fight it out. Right. Yeah, and I'll tell you the reason that they will not take one second's rest, because this is a cash cow. Every second that they spend trying to murder each other is another billion dollars that they can put in a new spending bill. But who's paying those taxes? Well, you are. are getting their money from someplace. You are. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's one of the things where, like, we don't tend to think about it, but every dollar that gets spent gets paid by everyone on Earth because it's the world reserve currency. This is David calling from Kansas. David in Kansas, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I got my phone fixed, so I figured I'd call back this week because I owe you all an apology because I was backing Kanye West several weeks ago until Mm. he started to talk about all the good things Hitler did. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. So, so I would like know, to I would insane. like to state for the record that I backed his 2016 run because he announced it after it was impossible for him to run that year. Ah, okay. <laughs> Whereas well, now, not I so was, much. Yeah, I was uh, actually uh, on Kanye's side um, there for a few weeks until he decided to say, um, "Well, like Hitler was a good guy. Just look at everything that he did. That was good." Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely, if he hadn't lost his mind before, he has certainly lost it now. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I, 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 I take what I see from the media like a grain of salt, you know, because, sure. I mean, you look at what they did to J- Dave Chappelle. Right. You know, and... Well, and yeah, so you go, can't oh, trust this- the media reports, but in no. this case, you can actually hear Kanye say things like what you're referring it, to exactly, live on the exactly. Alex Jones show, and Alex Jones didn't know what to do about it. Like He, <laughs> he made Alex Jones look like a sane man. Yes. Oh, yeah. When, when all of a sudden Alex Jones looks like he wants to get in the bathtub with a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. Holy cow. Holy cow. Yeah, it was pretty so, amazing anyway, watching that. So, so I wanted to want to get that out of the way okay and then and then you know i also just want to throw this out there you know you're talking about inflation and and food and issues you know in cuba and greece and you know americans are only three meals away from violence hmm. and people need to rem- people need to remember that you're three meals away from violence that's just that's that's the way humans operate i mean we saw people fighting over toilet paper two years ago during the covid thing right yep exactly and that was just toilet paper which absolutely had nothing to do with covid Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing to do with covid so you know people need to realize that that when it comes to when it comes to currency currency has a very broad meaning skills can also be currency yep Learn how to defend yourself, learn how to think critically, and learn a set of skills. Well, and knowledge can be currency as well. Hmm. And if you have exactly. the right knowledge, you can turn that into a career. And we are exactly. that kind of an unlicensed uh, transmitter. Exactly. <laughs> knowledge even transmitter. Knowledge. The, <laughs> even when you have the fall of society and you've got the breakdown of transportation, how are you going to get food? How are you, you? I mean, how are you going to get supplies? Well, so uh, are you going to get medicine? When when there's an absence of government, society is what will get us out of it, right? Uh, most people, well, that, most people, uh, listeners, I'm talking to here, uh, don't realize that government and society are two different things, mm. right? They think that that right. government is society and that society is government when in fact they are two separate entities. And in the That's absence right. of government, society still exists. It'll flourish. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. 
Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live. <laughs> 